Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee and Football, presented by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. I'm your host, Blake Monroe, where I'm joined by Bobby Burton. And Bobby, we got a big show today. We got Alex Okafor, former Texas defensive end, joining us here in a little bit. Super Bowl champion, too. Got to add that in there. That's quite the accomplishment. Uh, But before we get to that, we got a lot to talk about, man. And let's open it up with the portal. It's been a hot topic for the past couple of weeks, but golden out of houston a big name yesterday going in yeah he was said to going to be putting his name in for almost a week now blake and so and then there was uh comments that texas had already reached out to him all of this stuff but the longhorns hadn't yet they the longhorns were certainly going to be interested if someone like him did because remember golden was actually committed to texas in high school and then opted to go to houston at the last minute uh, over Texas. He is the former high school teammate of Jaden Blue, uh, the running back out of Klein Kane, uh, that is uh, having a breakout season as a redshirt freshman, right? Yeah, redshirt freshman at Texas right now. Uh, Golden, for his part, uh, is a good receiver at Houston, 38 receptions uh, for 404 yards. Uh, but really, Blake, one of the things that I would say that is just exceptional for him, and this is really important for people to understand. Uh, he is one of the best kick returners in the country, period. Yeah, dangerous. Um, Blake, two kickoff returns for touchdown this year, okay? That's that's impressive, right? doesn't matter. He only returned nine kicks. Two out of nine times he touched the ball on kick returns, he scored a touchdown. He is a better, and this is going to be hard for people, he's a better kick returner than Keelan Robinson. That's just the number. the numbers bear that out. He averaged more than 35 yards per kick return. Had a great one against Texas, by the way, yeah. uh, to set uh, the Cougars up in a scoring position situation there. there. Uh, a couple of Longhorns also. Uh, we don't know, uh, by the way, Texas has likely now made contact. I don't have, I can't confirm that uh, on Matthew Golden. Uh, you'll have to look on a place like InsideTexas.com to find more about that. But right now, right now, Blake, um, Golden is thought to be a Texas guy. Uh, that uh, is is going to be interested in, uh, given that Deion Burks, uh, a wide receiver out of Purdue, that Texas was also at least vaguely interested in and was going to bring in for an official visit, uh, he committed to Oklahoma yesterday. So mm-hmm. the portal is heating up. Uh, some people have asked if Texas would also be uh, interested in Jamari Caldwell. That's the defensive lineman out of Houston that put his name yep. in the portal yesterday. He had a great game against Texas, by the way. 6'1", 315 pounds out of Dewberry, South Carolina. Uh, but Caldwell is unlikely to have the grades to get into Texas. He spent two different year, uh, two different uh, time at two different junior colleges, two different, uh, and then two further years at University of Houston, and has yet to graduate. Uh, so that that makes it hard to, for Texas to have enough transferable hours uh, toward towards his degree as a fifth year player. If he were a grad student, would have been a different story. Obviously, though, one of the big things we're looking forward today to, Blake, and, and they're going to be on hand for, is Kobe Black, a young man out of uh, Waco Connolly, is finally going to announce his decision. It seems like we've been waiting on this almost since summertime, Blake. Yeah, I mean, you, forever. You, uh, he is one of the nation's top cornerbacks. I think he's uh, number 44 overall in the on-three consensus uh, 100. Uh, he is a top five to ten cornerback in the country. He plays offense, plays defense plays basketball, does, you know, he does it all. Um, and he would add some luster to this additional luster to this defensive back class that right now looks star-studded with Wardell Mack, Santana Wilson, 
Jordan Johnson Rebel. They're still after Xavier Filsimi. Uh, so uh, right now, uh, that the, we're waiting on that. Steve Sarkeesian, I got more news on that. He was in Duncanville yesterday and in uh, the Dallas Metroplex area. Uh, Sark visiting with uh, not only Alex January, the defensive lineman, uh, out of uh, defensive lineman out of Duncanville uh, and his family, but also Colin Simmons and his, uh, the number one ranked player in the state of Texas, uh, the big defensive end edge prospect uh, expected to sign with Texas here soon. Uh, Sark today will be spending most of his time in Houston, uh, Blake and fellas. Yep. Uh, one of the reasons for that is uh, Trey Owens, the quarterback out of Cy Fair, and Nate Kibble, the offensive lineman out of Atascacita, Today is the Greater Houston Touchdown Club event. It's at 7 o'clock at the Bayou Event Center. Uh, feel free. You can go online and buy tickets if you're nearby and want to check it out. But Sark is supposed to be in home with uh, Trey Owens, Nate Kibble, and also Jordan Washington, uh, the tight end out of Langham Creek. Uh, the coaches are all going to be down there kind of celebrating. Uh, I thought it was interesting, by the way, Summer Creek uh, head coach Kenny Harrison. Uh, I don't know if everybody remembers him at Texas, but he's from Port Arthur. He's now the head coach at Summer Creek. Uh, that's the same high school as Kelvin Banks. Uh, Kenny is up for Area Coach of the Year uh, as well by the Houston Touchdown Club. So I want to mention that and give him a hat tip because I, I really like uh, where is he where he's at. And then I want to mention this. Uh, the SEC schedule released today at 6 p.m. Central, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Uh, we already know a little bit about that uh, right now, Blake. Uh, and then uh, – you know, AP All-American teams released yesterday. When it, when you talk about All-Americans, uh, you're usually talking about the AP team, right? That's, yeah. well, three three Longhorns on that. Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, and Xavier Worth. So, good stuff right now coming out. No I, doubt. I, I, tell folks about the basketball. I almost totally forgot. Tell folks about the <laughs> basketball commit Texas got, Texas got yesterday as well. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, Anton McDermott, uh, he plays AAU ball with Texas commit Nick Cody. Um, obviously, they are really good friends. Uh, he's a legit low-level D1 player, Bobby. Had some, you know, Texas A&M Commerce. I'm trying to think of some of the other schools, but a three-star player by a lot of the recruiting services. So, good size, can definitely shoot the ball. He's a preferred walk-on. So, that's a really good get. I mean, you go back to Sark, you know, getting some of these preferred walk-ons a couple of years ago that were big-time guys. This is the same deal for basketball with Rodney Terry. And, uh, you know, not going to be using a scholarship, but a legit player that they're going to get as a preferred walk-on. So, you know, it, number one, it impacts depth. Number two, helps you in practice a lot. And then worst case scenario, you can always put a guy out there like that on the floor because, as I said, he's a good shooter with great size. So can't really beat that deal right there. There ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, you know, I, I look, Rodney Terry is is a brilliant I, – I, people uh, – he was on this show a couple of months back, right, Blake, uh, in, in, not on coffee and football but on, on Texas football generally. And the thing about Rodney that was very apparent – and J Jerry Hamilton used to talk about this all the time. He is a player's kind of, he connects with the families, the players, et cetera. And I think that he's just a, uh, just a really a whale of a recruiter um, and a good representative of the program. And he's smart. I mean, you mentioned Nick Cody, that's a key recruit for Texas, right? Uh, yeah. McDermott is a friend of Nick Cody's and that helps solidify those kinds of things. I mean, the, Blessed be the ties that bind, right? I think that's the old <laughs> saying, uh, the biblical one. And uh, so I think that's a, an element that we all need to be uh, talking about and thinking about there is, you know, how do you 
if you, you build a program brick by brick, it's not all at once. Right. Uh, and so I think that's, that's a great deal. Hey, Bobby, I want to circle back to a couple of things that you mentioned just a minute ago. Um, Texas announced just a few minutes ago that uh, Sweat, Mur- Murphy, and Worthy are also Sporting News All-Americans besides AP. And it wouldn't surprise me if we get that consensus All-American with Sweat. I, I think that's just a matter of time now. But the other big news that uh, came out over the past couple of days is, of course, the SEC schedule going to be released tonight. But that Texas versus Georgia game will be on October 19th in Austin. I know Horns fans are going to circle that one. That's probably going to be the hottest ticket on the home schedule next year. And you, you got to, I can only imagine the atmosphere for that is going to rival the one from Alabama last year when they played host uh, to the Crimson Tide with college game day and all that. I think it's going to be electric. I mean, <laughs> can't really beat that game right there. Well, we were talking about it with uh, Rod and Aaron Hogan. I was talking about it with Rod and Aaron Hogan last night. It's the same weekend as the F1 series in Austin. That's right. And so there's like no hotel rooms available. And so <laughs> apparently people from Georgia are already kind of like, what the heck is going on in Austin? Uh, and, you know, not only get your tickets, get your hotel rooms, your VRBO, whatever yeah. you need to do uh, to get going, because that's apparently going to be a big deal. Uh, for the Longhorns and, and friends uh, this weekend. Hey, Blake, I need to go ahead and want to go ahead before we get going to the next segment. I want to say thank you uh, to our sponsor, Adam Lowy uh, of the Lowy Law Firm. Adam and his group have been helping injured Texans for decades. Uh, you can give him a call at, uh, at 512-280-0800. That's 512-280-0800. Or visit him at lowylawfirm.com. If you've been injured in a wreck or on the job, and think you might be due compensation, uh, he gives you a free consultation, absolutely free. Give him a call, 512-280-0800, lowylawfirm.com. Thanks, Adam, for your ongoing sponsorship of On Texas Football. And thank you, Bobby, with the help for that banner. I couldn't find yeah. it there for a second. So I appreciate you helping me out. Right, hey, going back to that Georgia game real quick, uh, Christopher Weatherford says the 19th. Is that OU and Georgia back-to-back? And that's something that hasn't been talked about too much. But, I mean, that could be a tough little stretch right there, especially depending on who's before or after those two. Uh, tough little stretch. We better get used to that in the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm, I'm serious now. I mean – you're going to get three, four games periods like that where you're like, uh, is this going to, do we have a win on the schedule here? We're, we're start Texas. This is the thing, right. Um, about being in a great conference is you look oftentimes when Texas was really good back in the aughts, like 2005, 2008, you'd look at a schedule and go, Oh, there's three games sway there where there's not really, we don't have to worry about much. We can go from, I don't know, four and two to seven and two really quickly or something. Yeah. Right. You look at the SEC slate, it, it, it don't work that way. <laughs> you know, it, it, if you have Georgia coming, you may think you're going to beat Oklahoma, for example, even though it's a rivalry. But you got Georgia coming, and then it's followed by, I don't know, Florida on the road. You know, th- those things those things are uh, a little uh, touchy and uh, uh, worrisome. Uh, so it's going to be taking some getting used to by, for Texas fans, just how we scope the schedule in our brains. Like, you know how you know what I'm talking about. You look yep. at it and you say, mm, should win that one, should lose that one, or not should, but could lose that one, should win that one. It gets a little more uh, uh, hazy, 
I guess is the right word, Blake, uh, about yeah. what you're really thinking. So, and that's and really, I, I was sitting here thinking while you were talking about that. The last time that I can really think of a schedule like that, Bobby, was 2008, like you said, where they went Oklahoma, Missouri. Remember, both those teams were top 10. Oklahoma was number one at the time, and I think Missouri was like 10 or 12. And then they went Oklahoma State and then Texas Tech, who was also top 10. So it, it's been a while since Texas has really seen a you know brutal, <laughs> brutal schedule week in and week out. I'm just thinking, think forward. You could literally, if it gets going, you could see Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Florida, <laughs> A&M, all on the same schedule in a single year. The, those teams are going to be ready to go. So maybe maybe they'll be on down years at times, but it's time to, to buckle up your big boy pants uh, because <laughs> it, that, that stuff's coming, man. That stuff is oh, coming. Oh, without a doubt. Hey, one of the things I wanted to mention that I thought was really interesting last night, um, Blake, on our uh, uh, on Texas football podcast and and show here, uh, Parker Livingstone, the yeah. uh, wide receiver from Lovejoy, joined us for about fifteen minutes. We were just talking. I mean, Rod Babers was asking him, "What's your favorite route?" You know, and all this other kind of stuff. He it, it was it was fun. He, he's a young kid, but he's going to sign with Texas on Wednesday. Okay, like every other early signing period is a week from today. Um, he's going to sign with Texas on Wednesday. He is then reporting to Texas on Thursday of next week. So one week from tomorrow, he's actually reporting. He's one of four players that are going to go through, at least four that I, we know of right now, that are going to go through bowl practice, college football playoff practice with the Longhorns from the 26th through, or from the uh, 21st to like the 24th or 23rd. Then he comes back on the 24th, Blake. All right, 26th, and practices all the way until they uh, play the game in New Orleans. This is totally new. I, I don't know of anybody at Texas that has ever done this. Now, he's one of four guys that are going to do this for the Horns. Ryan Wingo, young man out of St. Louis, yep. is going – Parker said that's going to be his roommate for these next few days, right, for these next couple of weeks, okay? And then Christian Clark, the running back out of Arizona, as well as Jordan Johnson Rubel – are also supposed to be going through this. So you have not, we talked about yesterday about 14, 15, 16, however many are going to be early in, in early enrollees, Blake, there's going to be yeah. even more that are already seeing time before they even get to spring practice. So they'll know what it looks like. I mean, the acceleration process of this group of recruits, which I think will now, if, if they add Kobe black and a couple others here that we think they're leaning uh, Texas's way down the stretch, if they do that, Blake, it just accelerates the process further. Uh, you know, top yeah. five class, a lot of early enrollees. It just it 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 accelerates the development process, and Texas needs that because um, the reason I say that is Texas has had this will be Texas's third consecutive strong recruiting class, really strong. Okay, but but. They don't have a lot of upper-class talent right now. They're going to have some coming up, but they don't have that big, heavy senior class next year. Yeah. It'll be mostly juniors and sophomores, right? And so the more guys you can get, it'll be more like they're actually longer-term freshmen later in the year than young freshmen, where you're just starting to come in and, and trying to get their sea legs. So I, I just think that the, all of this together makes a lot of sense for the, for the Longhorns right now. No doubt about it. And also, you mentioned Christian Clark. Uh, he had a, si a signing day ceremony early 
yesterday um, since, you know, he'll actually sign the NLI next week on, on the 20th, but he did a sell or a, you know, a celebration of a signing yesterday. And then I believe that Owens is uh, doing one this morning, Bobby here in about 30 minutes. So yeah, everybody, everybody's getting ready. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to figure it all out. They're trying to figure it all out. Um, hey, I, I want to mention this real quick too. a uh, uh, friends of ours are, are uh, at the Texas One Fund are, are doing something, Blake, that I think is just utterly cool. And I'm going to be a, I'm going to be down there and be a part of it. Uh, if you don't mind, I want to I want to talk about this. Uh, it's the ultimate tailgate game day experience. Uh, it is at Manning's. This is where it's going to be at Manning's. Yes, that Manning, Arch Manning, uh, not Arch, but Archie Manning owns the place. Uh, it's operated by Caesars Entertainment. It's right in between the warehouse district and the French Quarter. Uh, and this is for a Longhorn tailgate experience. These are the same guys that if you were happen to be and see me in out at Alabama and Tuscaloosa, it's the same one or same guys that put that on that are putting this on. Okay. There's already over 300 people signed up, uh, Longhorn fans. Guys, this is what it does. It includes a $50 donation to the Texas One Fund. So no matter like $103.350 is to cover the uh, credit card fees, right? But $100 bucks gives a $50 donation to the Texas One Fund. You get admission to this place that has, I think, 100 TVs in it. Has game, They'll have the games on all day. You get a free banquet-style food and then all non-alcoholic beverages. I'll be there. Multitudes of others will be there. Like I said, over 300. It is going to be the place to come and have fun in uh, in uh, in New Orleans on game day. Uh, and then what this is kind of cool, Blake, I got to tell you about, they're actually going to do this. There's going to be something called a second line parade. I don't know if you're familiar with that, Blake, but a second no. line parade, you see that jazz band there? It's, yes, about, it's about three quarters of a mile to the stadium from Manning's. And what they're going to do is they're going to have a jazz band lead all of the Texas people that are at this place to the super drum. I'm not drum, super, super dome, excuse me. <laughs> okay. They're going to have everybody and they're going to be singing Texas fight, the eyes of Texas, all that stuff, as well as some new Orleans classic things. But I think they just created this great thing. Uh, please feel free. The, the address that you want to go sign up on, by the way, it's kind of funny is Texas sugar bowl dot party. I don't even, I didn't even know they had such a thing as a dot party URL. But that's Texas Sugar Bowl dot party. We're, I'm also going to be doing a, a pregame show from there uh, as well, uh, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. I think some former players going to stop by. We're going to invite the guy that's on next uh, to stop by with us if he wants to, if he's headed to New Orleans uh, as well. Let's let's go ahead and bring him in. He's he he's here. It looks like he's ready to go. All right. Well, we'll bring him in there. We got Alex Okafor joining us this morning. And Alex, how are you doing? What's going on, fellas? I appreciate y'all having me on. I appreciate you doing it, man. I've been watching some of your stuff on uh, Behind the Face Mask. I think it's terrific. Uh, Nick Shuley's a friend of mine, obviously, and uh, he vouches for you heavily uh, and all that stuff. I, I just wanted to ask you, are you are you trying to – you're doing some stuff in the media nowadays, trying to get into the video component and that sort of stuff. Is that kind of your passion project right now? Yeah, so that's where I met with things. I, uh, I played nine years in the league and retired in 2022, so – this whole year, I've just been trying to experiment and see what the next step for me is. And I tell people all the time, I want to stay as close to the game as possible without having to coach. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, way too many hours for me. So I feel like media gives me an opportunity to do that. And that's what I've been trying to pursue. 
Well, I love those. Uh, I got to say this before we get into your career at Texas and all this other stuff. Those two helmets behind you are my. I love the Longhorns. You know that. That's mm -hmm. I've been doing that my entire life, basically. But the Kansas City Chiefs are my adopted uh, pro football team uh, okay. because my wife's father, my father-in-law, mm -hmm. is perhaps the biggest Kansas City Chiefs fan in the world. Um, okay. That's I, awesome. He have back. He had Chiefs season tickets in the '60s. Okay. okay. So he's, he's old school, old school. Uh, and uh, he, he really likes it. To, and I watched y'all Super Bowl championship, the one that you uh, uh, y'all won with him. And so mm -hmm. uh, he says, Hardy, congratulations. And he was very excited as uh, most of Kansas City was, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate no, I tell uh, I was gonna say I tell people all the time like those old school KC fans, they deserve all the success that they have now because they they've endured some brutal years. So I I, I tip my hat off to uh to your boy. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the here's the reality. I mean, you got to think about it. Priest Holmes, mm -hmm. Jamal Charles, Derek yeah. Johnson, yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been some good Texas X's playing at, at Kansas City through the years and yep. uh, some of their best players, actually, uh, of all yeah, time. Yeah, no, um, Chiefs have been good to Texas players and uh, including myself. So I got a lot of love for that organization. Yeah, that's good. Hey, Blake, I, Blake just giving you all some stats because I spent some time researching yeah. Alex. Uh, you were a two-time All-American, uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year in 2012, 12 sacks as a senior. Mm -hmm. uh, team captain, along with Kenny Vaccaro, mm -hmm. uh, as a senior. Tell us a little bit about your time at Texas, because uh, you came in in 2009 with the class with Kenny Vaccaro. Garrett Gilbert was part of that. Mason Walters. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Chris Whaley was, was yep. part of that. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about your time at Texas and what you remember fondly and what mm -hmm. kind of still hurts a little bit, you know, because y'all didn't necessarily win as much as you wanted to when you came in. Right. Yeah. So I'm thinking about my four years at Texas. And then I, I think as a freshman in 2009, we went to the national championship and had that unfortunate injury with Colt, which I still believe we would have won that game. So coming in as a freshman, we experienced the highest of highs and we were misled and thought to believe that that was going to be the standard throughout our career. And life smacked us in the face the next year. We went five and seven, probably the worst seasons that Texas has ever had as a as a program. And then, but after that five and seven uh, season, I think we had some pretty good teams. We just didn't have stability at the quarterback position. Like, I think my sophomore, junior, and senior year, we all had top 10 defenses and a ton of talent. We just, you know, we just weren't stable at the QB position because of injuries, because the guys just not panning out, whatever it was. And I think that kind of misled a lot of people to to believe that we weren't that good when in actuality we had some damn good teams just missing a few good pieces. Yeah, you, that's when Mac Brown's uh, – I, I, that's kind of Mac Brown's what they call denouement or something like that where he kind of slid and it was primarily mm -hmm. because of the quarterback position and that's no offense to those quarterbacks that gave their all to Texas, by the way. Mm -hmm. They just weren't Colt McCoy and Vince Young. I mean – who Absolutely. is right, mm -hmm. and um, it's it's interesting because I look at that defense. Jordan Hicks mm -hmm. still playing in the league, right? Yeah, you, at a high level too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Kenny Vaccaro, Acho was on those. Mm -hmm. I mean, y'all had some dudes on mm -hmm. defense. The offense at that time just wasn't matching that production, and so uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting. Let me ask you this, Alex. Um, you you had your choice of schools coming out, and you were at mm -hmm. Pflugerville. Uh, yep. suburb of Austin for those people unfamiliar uh, or, or listening from across the country or the world, really. 
you know, was was it always Texas for you or did you really look at other schools? I, you know, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I had three teams. I had Texas. I had LSU because my cousin played there. And then I had Stanford just because I, I mean, I, I was always, I've always been into academics and education and I, I saw what Harbaugh was doing at the time there. So those are really my three. And then I cut it down to two. It was between Texas and Stanford. And I don't think people realize how close Stanford was to kind of peeling me out of this area because they were, it was neck and neck for a while, but ultimately I just couldn't leave my family. It was just too much comfort here in Austin. And looking back on it, I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, Alex, I got a question for you. I mean, yeah. when, when you were on the 40 acres, you were a terror on the line. I mean, you even set the Alamo bowl record for most sacks in the bowl game. So obviously, you know, defensive line play, what do you think about this year's defensive line? And, you know, what are some of the keys that for, to you that, that, that has made them so successful? Yeah, man, this, uh, this D line is special. And I, I love watching these dudes come out and play. I don't think like, since I've left the 40 acres, I don't think I've enjoyed watching a unit as much as I've enjoyed watching this uh, D-line unit. Um, obviously, the strength of this unit is the the two tackles inside. Um, also, another strength is our like our sneaky depth on this on this D-line. Like we have a lot of dudes that come in and produce, whether that's Burke, whether that's Broughton, whether that's Trill Carter. Like we got a lot of dudes coming in and, and producing on this D-line. Um, one thing I think that makes this team special is the fact that the run game is absolutely eliminated. Like, and I think that's where we're at. That's why we're where we're at right now is because whenever you walk into a game, if you know that the run game is over with before the game even starts, that gives you a good chance of winning. And that's, I mean, that's what we've seen all season. Like that Iowa State game, incredible. And especially at the, at the college level, like the mental focus it takes to lock in for 60 minutes and not like have one slip up. Like all it takes is a three technique getting cut out of the gap and that's a 40 yard run. So the fact that they've played at this standard for so long is just impressive. And I tip my hat off to these dudes. What do you think of Bo Davis? You you, you spent time with Bo Davis, didn't you? I mean, wasn't he yeah, at yeah, Texas throughout your time? Yeah, I had Coach Bo for two seasons, man, and I love Bo. And like I think so. Like you said, I'm doing a podcast right now. My first interview was uh, Tavondre Sweat. For everybody listening, it's the podcast called Behind the Face Mask, and it's on YouTube, so go look it up. But T. Sweat talked about just how, like, not only Bo Davis has grown him as a, a player on the field, but as a man. And that's what I tip my head off to Bo Davis the most is at the college level, coaches have a responsibility not just to train the player and the athlete, but to also help these guys grow as men. And if you've seen how much Tavondre Sweat has grown over these past four or five years, like you got to give your credit to Bo Davis and what he's doing down there. Yeah, not and when you're talking to grown, you're not talking about physically. You're talking about <laughs> he's, he's in at 280 pounds. He's <laughs> now he's he's eating a few of those shakes that y'all right, right. out over there. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, uh, Alex, the other question I would ask about this and, and something that I, I think is interesting uh, for you guys as you look, it really seems like, and Jeffrey Janelle, what a great comment. I love Behind the Face Mask. Uh, you guys check out that podcast. Alex, one of the things I love uh, about what I'm seeing right now from Longhorn Nation is a rejuvenation mm-hmm. of former players taking pride and what they're seeing on the field right now. I get a real sense of that. Whether it's you, Derek, we had Derek Johnson on last week because he 
got made the college football hall of fame, right? Mm-hmm. You guys, especially the ones that are hanging around Austin, Rod Babers is another one. Mm-hmm. You guys are really taking this team in a little bit and saying, okay, this is the kind of football we can endorse and get behind. And we can use our voices mm-hmm. to unite the community a little bit and tell mm-hmm. them, Hey, it's okay to get behind this because they've got it going in the right, do you, going in the right direction. Do you sense that at all from you guys or, or is it just, you guys are now back in, in Austin? What, what, what's the, what's the thought process there? No, that's definitely exactly what it is. And first of all, I'll, um, I'll acknowledge Sark for that, first of all, because we kind of, as OGs to the program, whenever Tom Herman got there, and I'm not knocking Coach Herman, but his way of doing things was kind of keep everything in-house. Everybody that came before, everybody that's going to come after, we're going to kind of keep you at a distance because we're focusing on what we have right now. And that kind of rubbed some of the older guys, you know, the wrong way. We feel like we didn't have access to the program like we wanted to. As soon as Sark came in, man, he reached out to a ton of the old heads. He embraced everybody. He made it a complete family atmosphere. So I think that's what got it started. So that's what got us back involved. And then seeing the way these guys are playing, that's just the icing on the cake, man. These dudes are playing the right way. They're fighting every single snap. I think what bothered us the most about those down seasons was we felt a lot of the times when we lost games, we looked like we had no heart. And we can, we can deal with losing, but we can't deal with guys going out there looking like they ain't got no heart. So to be able to see the way these dudes are fighting and playing the right way this season, we love it as old heads, and uh, we're going to continue to root for these dudes. <laughs> hey, Alex, I got a couple of questions for you. Number one, I, obviously you played in that national championship game that you alluded to earlier uh, against Alabama. But besides mm-hmm. that game, what would you say was your most memorable experience as a Longhorn, whether it be a game or whatever yeah. it might be? Yep. So this is easy for me. I think a lot of people would just assume it's the Alamo Bowl where I set the record, but that's that's not it. It was for me. And it's weird because it's a game that we lost, but it was my senior year in 2012. Uh, West Virginia had just moved to the Big 12. And it was probably anybody that was in that stadium for that game would say it was probably the most lit atmosphere that anybody has ever experienced. (laughs) Like that atmosphere against West Virginia, West Virginia had Geno Smith, Tavon Austin. We had me, Quandre Diggs, Jay Hicks, uh, Kenny Vaccaro, Jeff Coe, all these dudes. It was a battle. And even though we lost the game, it was still probably the most memorable experience that I ever had at uh, DKR. That's when uh, Geno Smith did the horns down. Yeah, he did. That's the first time anybody had ever been flagged for the horns down or taunting or something like that. I can't can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Alex, you're a you're a you're a star in your own right. Been a great Longhorn all this time. Uh, you know, tell us what you're doing personally, other than behind the face mask. You you married? You got kids? What's going on with your family? That sort of yep. stuff. Yep. So I'm. Um, Recently married, I guess a little over a year and a half now. I got married in March of 22, um, so enjoying family life. Um, I moved back to Pflugerville, so I'm back in the community. I'm doing a little bit of mentorship at my old high school, so you know that's that's near and dear to me. And then uh, just besides my media, just you know enjoying life. Like I feel like football, it, it it didn't necessarily rob me of time, but it took away a lot of family time from me. So I'm just trying to get a lot of that back right now before I completely dive into something else. There you go. And then I got two more questions, Bobby. I don't know if you have anything else for Alex, but the first one is actually a viewer question. It's from Champ Bailey. He says, when will the next Behind the Face Mask episode drop? Yep. Hey, great question, Champ. So <laughs> well, I'm actually in the lab right now. I 
I have two commitments from players, and y'all know how college guys are. I don't want to release their names because it's, <laughs> never, it's never guaranteed until you have them in the studio. Because you know these, hey, they're young guys; they flake all the time. Nothing against them. So I got two commitments right now. If everything goes well, you'll get two new episodes: one next week, and then one the following week. Hey, you were that age at one point. Don't forget. I was, and I get, <laughs> that's, I that's why you know it. That's why you know how they act. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hold it against them, but just to the viewers, just know it's hard getting these dudes in studio. It is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done a great job so far. There ain't no doubt about it. My last question for you, Alex, you got to give us a prediction for the Texas versus Washington game. We got to hear it. Man, um, whew, I, I'll tell you this. I think Texas wins. I think um, I, I'm confident that we win. I'll say that Pennick scares the hell out of me. I think there's something special about this dude that, you can't measure through physical traits or anything like that. He just got something inside of him that that's special. So he scares me. But I think we win just because the run game's dead, and I don't know how they're going to deal with our passing attack. So I'm going to say 34-24. I think it stays close through three quarters, and I think we open it up at the end. I love hey, that it. sounds like the Alabama score to me. Hey, I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's what you're talking about. And you said that you used the word Penix special. I Rod Babers used this term. He has the clutch gene mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, I think that that's a fair assessment. Alex, you're awesome, man. Uh, best of luck mm-hmm. with all your ventures and everything. And I think that, uh, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm happy you're doing stuff. I'm happy you're happy uh, back in Austin, uh, in the uh, Austin area at Pflugerville. But uh, so so much thanks from, from all the Longhorn fans out there. Thank you for your for what you did at the University of Texas. And we wish you and yours nothing but the best well into the future, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate it. Right, welcome, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Later. Take care. Have a good morning. Mm-hmm. Blake, what a good guy, man. Uh, what a good guy. Uh, he is yeah. uh, He's a two-time All-American, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, Alex Okafor. Uh, just one of those guys, Blake, that, you know, when we talk about college football in Texas, it's they, look, how, how happy – you have Alex Okafor out there repping your university, Derek Johnson, Rod. Those guys are good guys, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a for not everybody has those guys. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm not trying to be, you know, point fingers anywhere else. But those are good guys that are repping your university. And I, I think that's tremendous that uh, he's doing that right now. No doubt about it. And, and uh, in case you missed it, Behind the Face Mask is his YouTube channel. Go check it out. He does a lot of interviews with current players. And, uh, man, it, it's in, it, it's in-depth, Bobby. That's what I really like about it. You know, they go about a full hour. So you really get some in-depth stuff that you're not going to hear in, you know, regular media interviews or anything like that. So very cool. Behind the Face Mask on YouTube. So, okay, Bobby. Well, it's about everybody's favorite time of the day. And it's time for me to tell them about manscaped and i got mine right here santa baby the season for a fresh cut is finally here with the sponsors of today's show manscaped the leaders in below the waist grooming have just launched their fifth generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year take care of your special snowflake with the lawnmower 5.0 ultra and watch your south pole shine like never before Get the best stocking stuffer of all time by going to manscaped.com and using code ONTEXAS to get 20% off plus free shipping. And I guarantee you that Mrs. Claus will thank you. 
I personally use Manscaped products, guys, and I can tell you that without a doubt, they're the premier product, and it makes a great Christmas gift, and you can stuff anybody's stocking with that. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all of your holiday needs. They have perfect gifts in the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, which includes loads of perfect stocking stuffers. And what could be better than giving the gift of good hygiene and, of course, a few laughs? Starting with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this is the crown jewel of the holidays and, dare I say, the best ball trimmer of all time. The Electric Razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on your Santa's sack. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ONTEXAS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code ONTEXAS. And you can say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. Blake, love it. get it proud. <laughs> There you I go, buddy. It. You did a great job, man. I love it. Hey, I want to add one other piece uh, to the Alex Oker, Oak for interview that I just remembered. Uh, yeah. Back at that time, I was I was working for Rivals.com. I was uh, the editor in chief, actually, of Rivals in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, when uh, when Alex was coming out of high school, uh, and uh, I, the guy that oversaw our rankings that I had hired to oversee our rankings was a guy named Barry Every. He was a former uh, a director of player personnel at Georgia. And he come to work with us, and he literally went to go see uh, Alex Okafor and Garrett Gilbert. They came out the same year, yeah, right? That's right. And uh, he went to see both of them, and he said he came back. And he said, "I know what people are saying that Garrett Gilbert is supposed to be the next great quarterback at Texas, but the best player in the Austin area is Alex Okafor." He said it, and he had no qualms about saying it. And I'm not. This is not to, to you know. A lot of Texas fans like to. To, to, or some Texas fans have uh, talked poorly of Garrett Gilbert through the years. I, I don't do that. What I'm saying is some people that were behind the scenes were already pointing to Alex Okafor as, hey, this is this is the dude you need, need to be watching a little bit more. And he ranked yeah. that. Barry ended up ranking Alex a five-star. I think he rated him ahead of Garrett Gilbert, actually, in the rankings. I can't remember exactly. But Barry took a lot of heat for that, by the way. Uh, but ended up being right 10 years later, 12 years later. Yeah. I mean, what an illustrious career for Alex, you know, amazing. And a great guy off the field, too, obviously, as you can kind of tell from that interview alone, you know, just a, a great Longhorn that make, make makes Texas fans proud, no doubt about it. Well, you talked about one of the things we just talked about. He's he's working, not only is he doing the behind the face pass, but he's also doing, he's going back to his high school, right? And doing things yeah. there. When we had Derek Johnson on, he has a Defend the Dream Foundation that's supplying books to inner city libraries and refurbishing the libraries to make them an attractive place instead of just the afterthought, right? Yeah. These guys are, they're using football the right way. Yeah. They're as using a platform. Success. Yeah. As a platform. That's a great, great word for it, Blake. I, I love it. I, I love it's, to see it. That. It's funny you mention that because that is one thing that I, I have noticed, you know, I mean, lining these guests up alone, you, you really look into what they're doing and, you know, I mean, we do we do our homework on them, and so many of them, Bobby, do have these foundations, or they're giving back to their community, or going back to their high schools, and you know, doing football camps with the youth there, and you know, I mean, just so many things. It is really cool to see. There ain't no doubt about it. Yeah, winners I, are going to win. Winners win, uh, and I think right. that's that's a case with the guys like him, Derek Johnson, others uh, as well. 
All right, guys. Well, plenty of time to get your questions in, and we're going to get to some of those right now. Uh, if you have any questions, please ask in the chat, and we'll get to as many as we can. And Bobby, we got a couple of super chats that we need to knock out of the way. And uh, this first one here from Pooh. Thank you, Pooh. He says, how does Ty Anthony Smith compare to other linebackers we signed last year? And if he came to Texas, would he play right away? So first of all, uh, Ty Anthony Smith, we should give an update on that. I didn't even yeah. do that this morning right off the bat. Uh, and so we should probably talk about that. Smith, uh, now Aggies are reporting and some Longhorn sites are reporting that he's not visiting Texas over the weekend. So what's going to be the truth? Uh, we'll find out in the next 24 hours, most likely. He, he was scheduled to visit Texas uh, this coming Friday. Uh, Smith, as a player, is, I, mean, I don't want to say Sean Witherspoon-esque, uh, but uh, he's a, another guy from uh, uh, Southeast Texas, Jasper. Um, but he has those long arms, moves well, and, can, and is extinct, instinctive around the ball. Uh, would he play immediately? I don't know. I see him as a thicker version of a Maurice Blackwell. So if you're looking at, at a type of linebacker he is, so add take Maurice Blackwell and add about 20 pounds of muscle in two years. That's how I see Ty Anthony Smith as a player. We'll see if he actually shows up on campus this weekend. Xavier Filsamy had it in home yesterday with Florida. He is still scheduled, by the way, uh, the safety from McKinney, still scheduled to visit Texas this weekend right now. So uh, we'll see how all that goes. The Florida new defensive backs coach was in with Filsamy last night uh, for his official visit. Hey, we need to do a reset on the news probably. Yes. Um, just so we have, we've had over, I don't know, five, 600 people join us. In the last 15, 20 minutes here, Blake, uh, Matthew Golden, the uh, wide receiver out of Houston, is officially in the portal. Uh, Golden is one of the nation's top kick returners, if not the top kick returner. Uh, he had nine kickoffs total this year. He re returned two of them for touchdowns over a 35-yard average. Also had a big one against the Longhorns. Uh, he is clearly uh, a target of the Longhorns at this time. We do not know when he might be visiting. He's also a high school teammate of Jaden Blue at Klein Kane, uh, was formerly committed to Texas as well. Uh, Kobe Black, the four-star uh, four uh, cornerback out of Waco Connolly, announces today at his school, Waco Connolly, at 4.30. Uh, we will be on hand for that. Uh, we're also going to be doing a live stream uh, as well. Steve Sarkeesian will be in Houston today uh, at the Houston Touchdown Club uh, event at 7 o'clock tonight, but he's also doing his home visits with not only Trey Owens, and Nate Kibble, Owens, the quarterback out of Cypher, Kibble, the offensive lineman out of Tascacita. Both those guys are up for the award of Greater Houston Touchdown Offensive Player of the Year Award. The award is thought to be going to Derek Lagway, the Florida commit out of Willis, though. But uh, they're actually nominees for the award, Kibble, Kibble and Owens. And then Jordan Washington, uh, the talented tight end, Jeff Banks, Steve Sarkeesian, expected by his house uh, later tonight as well. Um, other things. SEC schedule tonight uh, gets released at 6 p.m. Uh, as well. So uh, a lot of stuff going on today. Uh, and the Longhorns right now, overall, as a team, they're just in the weight room, kind of getting ready to go. They start practice on, on Saturday. Their first bowl, true bowl practice will be Saturday. There'll be 10-plus recruits that have already committed to Texas on hand for that. Uh, it's going to be one of those things, Blake, where it uh, should be an exciting time on the 40 acres over the weekend. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. That's right. And hey, real quick, Bobby, I just wanted to show everybody this picture here. Uh, We talked about it a minute ago, but Trey Owens is doing his signing ceremony early. Um, We'll obviously sign that NLI. But this over here from Jerry Hamilton, uh, as you can see, he's getting ready for that signing ceremony, flashing the hook on all Texas there, obviously. So there you go. Yeah. Cool for him. And then yesterday, uh, Clark, Christian Clark, the running out of Arizona, uh, did his. So both those yeah, guys heading to the 40 acres soon. I also, uh, as a reset, just talking about all these things, uh, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, and Xavier Worthy, both AP and um, sporting news, all Americans. You mentioned I didn't. I hadn't even thought about this at this point, Blake. But you mentioned the possibility of Tavondre Sweat being a consensus All American after also winning the Outland Award last weekend. Yeah, I think, and that may be all of them. If not, I think he just needs one more, and then he will be a consensus. So, I mean, he's he's knocking at that doorstep for sure. All right, Bobby, we got some more Super Chats we're going to get to. We're going to go back talking about Golden from Houston here. And uh, Tub in Texas, I want to thank him. He says, would Golden ease the pain of Worthy leaving? I I, I don't know that he's necessarily Xavier Worthy. He's not that – he's not a darter. Does that make sense? Like, he's more of a glider. Um, In that regard, he's more like an Adonai Mitchell. Um, But would he ease the pain? Look, Texas needs some weapons. Uh, they're going to need increased speed. He eases the pain of Keelan Robinson leaving. We talked about it last night. Rod Baber said, look, you could put – the one thing Sark loves to do is put speed in the backfield, even if they're not running backs, mm-hmm. and kind of motion them out and get them – that kind of stuff. Golden had – I mean, I think Golden long jumped 24 feet in high school or close to 25, something crazy. He's got big-time speed. He's not a darter, though. Blake, he's more of a glider. So that's the difference between him and Worthy. I guess he would definitely ease the pain in special teams. <laughs> right, yeah. He, he definitely, like, I think, look, Keelan Robinson just took took back a kick against uh, Texas Tech, right? Yep. Matthew Golden's a better kick returner than Keelan Robinson. He's not as good on special teams overall because Keelan Robinson is one of the best gunners in the country, right? And he also does the, the dirty work and all this other stuff. But – as a kick returner, Matthew Golden is better. And okay. so, yeah, I think, look, Sark wants to score touchdowns. And that's his idea of who he wants to put on the field at all times. Um, and so Matthew Golden can score touchdowns anytime that he touches the ball. That's, that's you know, this is, Vivek has this great line. I think Golden is an awesome win for us, if it happens. Bon, bonafide production, great speed, and upgrade in the kick game. I think I see all the same things you do, Vivek. The bigger piece is, again, how Sark is building the roster. 
Remember when we talked about the mm-hmm. portal management and all what they're doing? They're looking for pieces that fit what they need and fit them. Specific. It's yep. not this, you know, we're not throwing out 20 offers to every guy that enters the portal because all of a sudden we need a bunch of players. Texas is a, in a different part, in a different um, process in their program than they were just three years ago. They're looking for very specific pieces. Golden fits that piece. That's yeah, that's why when this happened, alarm bells go off. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I you know, yesterday I even said, Bobby, it, it, you know, three years ago, it was warm bodies versus being selective for great production when you fast forward to today. So huge difference in the in the portal recruiting from what we saw, you know, Sark's first year. All right, hey, we got a oh go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I'll I'll come back with another little uh, piece of information in a second. Oh, okay. Uh, we got a super chat here, Bobby, real quick. This one from Antonio Harris. He says, Wingo, Parker, and Clark alone are great for scout team as they have the body frames of what Washington skill guys have. And I didn't even think about that, but great point. Yeah, it is. I mean, so in this this is a great one because this is actually the comment that I wanted to address. Uh, when, when people say Wingo, Parker, Livingstone, and Christian Clark, those three guys plus Jordan Johnson Rebel, we learned last night, are expected to be in Texas for bowl practice. So that means guys that are just signing on Wednesday officially are going to be in Austin for bowl practice the next day. Think about that. The very next day they're in, they're there for bowl practice. Parker Livingstone, Christian Clark, Jordan Johnson Rebell, and of course the, the talented wide receiver, uh, Ryan Wingo, all four of those guys. There may be more, but that's the only four that Parker Livingstone knew for sure. Uh, when we spoke with him last night. Uh, so, look, all of those things happen. I, hell, I will say this. I don't expect Ryan Wingo and Parker Livingstone, even though they're physically gifted, to be able to create the nuance of route running that some of the Washington receivers do. They're not Roma Dunze in that that regard, right? Uh, Jalen yeah. Polk, those are McMillan. So it, it may help because of the big-bodiedness of Wingo and uh, Livingstone – actually, but I don't know that the nuance of the route running is going to be anywhere close to, you know, look, I'm not so sure Texas, Washington, and Ohio State don't have the three best receiving cores in the country. Those are the three best, in my opinion. And so, you know, take what you get. Uh, We'll see if Texas can approximate that with true freshmen. I'm not so sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bobby, before we move on, I'm going to let you tell everybody out there about Game Time. Yeah, absolutely. We've been sponsored all season by the folks at Game Time. Uh, so no, they need no new introduction, uh, but it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country and for good reason. You can get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And it's absolutely perfect for last minute decisions. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. I personally use Game Time for sporting events and concerts. I bought my daughter Taylor Swift stuff on this thing uh, for both myself and my family. By the way, Taylor Swift is a phenomenon uh, in my family. Uh, so if you need last-minute tickets, there's really no better place. It's Game Time. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account, an account and use code ONTEXAS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code on Texas for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And I want to add one more thing. You can already go ahead and go and download the app 
and look at your tickets or possible tickets in the Superdome uh, for the Sugar Bowl uh, on January 1st. It's really a, a even if you don't want to necessarily buy, you can actually go look at it, look at it and see what things would cost, et cetera. Yep, there you go. And I feel you on the Taylor Swift. I had to buy my wife and niece some Taylor Swift tickets a while back. And <laughs> I, there, there, some of those prices are like Super Bowl tickets. Yeah, oh, worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. All right. That's a whole other conversation, though. So let, let's get on to some more questions here, Bobby. And I think that knocked out the super chat. So let's go um, to this one from Mock Schnell because I wanted to bring this up about Golden too. He says, "Was Golden not recruited as a defensive back by Texas? He was a real ball hawk, I think." No, he was recruited as a wide receiver. Uh, recruited as a wide receiver um, and uh, return guy at the time. Uh, he just went to Houston because I think Texas started getting so many receiver recruits in that class, um, and he kicked back. It, it happens, uh, Mock. I, you know that. We, we've seen this. We may still – I don't want to wish on anybody on this, but Texas may – somebody may peel off of this class for Texas at the last minute. I mean, Aaron Hampton hosted uh, Tommy Rees, the Alabama offensive coordinator, uh, yesterday for a, a visit at uh, Dangerfield High School. So that means Nick Saban and Tommy Reese on back-to-back weeks, and Alabama's recruiting him as a wide receiver while Texas is telling him – He's an athlete defensive back. Now, Blake Gideon and Steve Sarkeesian, Blake Gideon expected to go see Hampton, I think, today or tomorrow. Um, so we'll see. But those are the kind of things that people need to be thinking about uh, as well. So uh, we'll see what, what all happens. Uh, one of the things I think is important to mention, guys, uh, the, uh, the number of guys coming in this weekend for recruits, there are over 10 prospects or commitments that are going to make unofficial visits to Texas this weekend. Brandon Baker out of California, Wardell Mack out of Louisiana, uh, Ryan Wingo, all these Jarrett Gibson. What Texas is trying to do is make sure that that core of, of recruits are staying committed through the end. So Texas tech, the Texas staff has plans for this, right? They know that they need to get those guys on campus one last time. Uh, so they're not just, you know, saying, oh, well, here, come take our recruits. They're, they're being smart. Uh, we got a couple of other Golden-related questions. UT Parking says, if Texas lands Golden, will they wait until after spring to add another wide receiver? I'm not sure other than Golden, who are the realistic fits in the portal currently? But, Bobby, I want to piggyback that off, uh, piggyback off that question uh, with Juice Wells. We've had questions on him. If, is Texas still going after Wells? So, I'll let you yeah, know. absolutely. So Juice Wells is the other name that's been uh, involved there. Uh, he's a young man that's out of South Carolina. He played at James Madison. And as we learned from Diamante Tucker Dorsey, a, a former Texas transfer from James Madison, he and Juice Wells are good friends. Diamante is supposed to be on the show on Friday morning with us. We'll probably have more, even more before then. But uh, certainly the definitive answer probably on Friday from Diamante, I would guess. Uh, but Texas has shown some interest. He did visit Ole Miss over the weekend. Ole Miss thought to be the favorite right now. We'll see if he shows up at, in Austin on Friday, though. I, I think that uh, he has been told that Diamante would be a big recruiter for him. I'll just put it that way. They are very, very close. So um, we'll see how it goes. I, I think Matthew Golden, I think the first question, though, is right, uh, Blake. Who fits? That's the question. Who fits? Yeah, Dion Burks may have fit. Right. Uh, Matthew Golden, they think, does fit. 
Are there going to be guys coming out in the spring that may be even better? Like Adonai Mitchell, you know, is there going to be another Adonai Mitchell in the portal this year? There may not be that good. Or Keon Coleman that Florida State took after after the spring practice for Michigan State. Those two are tremendous players, right? Um, I'm not sure that there's going to be that type of guy available this year. And I think Steve Sarkeesian might go after another high school guy. We mentioned yesterday that the number one receiver in the class of 2025, Ryan Williams, out of Sarah Land High School, has reclassified to 2024, and he won't decide until the spring. He's committed to Alabama, but he's going to take visits and won't decide until the spring. So if you take two portal guys, you can't necessarily take Ryan Williams. We'll see how that goes. Well, not to mention, Bobby, you may have more portal entries after bowl games, too. Yes, yes, you absolutely. Know? And so Texas can be patient. I know you've said that numerous times. They are in a, a very good position to be patient. All right, one more golden question, Bobby, from Emmanuel Villafranco. The Houston side has golden at six foot 190. Is that somewhat accurate, or is he a bit lighter? Emmanuel says he is a dude. Yeah, no, he that is accurate. Uh, that is absolutely accurate. Uh, he is a thicker build guy for a receiver. Um, I'll give you an example. Like Jonte Cook, even though he's uh, a young guy, he's kind of got a thick lower body build comparative to a Xavier Worthy who's got a real rail. I mean, no offense to Xavier Worthy, a great player, right? But he's rail thin. Matthew Golden's more well-proportioned. All right, we got uh, some questions here. We're going to stay on the wide receiver front. Phil McIntosh says there's rumors about Mitchell coming back. Bobby, I, I don't see it. I mean, you look at any mock draft, he's you know a, a first-round guy, and a lot of them are early second round at the latest. I just don't see that happening. I don't I don't either. I think that Adonai's probably gone. Um, I think that uh, the Longhorns are focused on keeping guys like Jake Majors, and I do think Jake Majors will return. And, and I, when, if he's going to announce it or just come back, I don't know. Uh, trying to work on David Benda as well, the linebacker. Uh, out of the Houston area, guys like that are real possibilities. I don't know that that uh, that Adonai is any longer a real possibility. At one point in the season, he might have been, but I mean, look, he scored ten touchdowns. He's a true junior. That's a legit second, third round guy. Some people even have him higher than Xavier on their boards, apparently. So, so I think he's going to be gone. I wish he uh, weren't. I wish he weren't. Yeah, yeah, I think Texas would, lo- would love to hang on to him. All right, we got two questions here about Parker uh, Livingstone. He says, how do y'all, NW says, how do you see him playing out in the future? And then Bobby Batronic adds on to that and says, how do you project him in Sark's offense? Is he a middle of the field type guy or does he have the speed to be a problem outside? So uh, Bobby, I, uh, this is a good question. So Livingstone um, told us last night that uh, he's being recruited for that Adonai Mitchell role to give you a, a sense of what they think he is. He's a down the field 50-50 ball winner, in their opinion. He's got the height, he's got the length, he's got the ball skills, he tracks it well, etc. cetera. Uh, so that's how they, that's the role they see him in. Uh, I would add to that, uh, that um, he does have, I think he's one of the f- top 10, 15 guys in the in the state in the 400 or something like that, Blake, at one point last year. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. So he has that downfield speed where he can kind of accelerate into his route, not necessarily at the outset, right? He's not a great outset quickness guy. So um, th- that's kind of the thought process on him. 
I, and then we're going to talk about a 25 receiver. Since we're staying on receivers here, uh, Rodolfo Esquivel says, update on Decorey and Moore. Bobby, obviously, Moore took some visits to Texas and Oregon both, even though he's committed to LSU. Anything new there? Is Texas yeah, just the latest on Decorey Moore is that he's still committed to LSU. He's playing in the state championship game this weekend for Duncanville, along with Colin Summons, Alex January, and the rest of that crew. Uh, they they will be in the state championship game. So no visits right now before the Christmas break, right? Uh, they may be going with, I think that what, what I heard the other day that it's the first junior day. But this is a good nugget here to throw in here at the, near the end of the show, Blake. The first junior day for the University of Texas will be around the January 20th weekend. So while they're still doing the first uh, while they're still doing the uh, going through maybe cleaning up a couple of recru- recruits in the portal, as well as finishing off the high school recruiting class in front of the, the early or the second signing day, February 7th, they're going to already go ahead and really start bringing in the 2020, 2025 commi- uh, recruits, of which Moore is the number two ranked receiver in the country. Uh, but I, right now, I think it's I think it's be hard to get him away from LSU. But I also don't think that recruitment is anywhere close to being over. Hi, Bobby. We got some more recruiting questions, but before we do, obviously it is Christmas time and we've been doing the 12 days of Christmas. So I'm going to let you tell everybody about what's going on today. Yeah. If you've been watching today, you notice I've been drinking out of this Yeti mug uh, for a while. The guys at the co-op have been providing long worn gear and uh, books and everything else for the University of Texas and its students for, uh, I don't know, a century. Uh, and so they have uh, sponsored the 12 Days of Christmas in this one. I'm also wearing right now one of my favorite shirts. It's from the guys at 40 Acres Apparel. Uh, Jeff Clark and those guys do great things. I love the long sleeve right now. Uh, I'm wearing the short sleeve today, but it's, look, it, it feels, uh, it, it's one of the best shirts I've worn. Uh, but they're available on the University Co-op website. Guys, uh, feel free, gear up for uh, the Sugar Bowl. Uh, make sure you're coming at it, but uh, should be fun. All right, I want to thank them for helping us out with 12 Days of Christmas. And Bobby, let's get to some more recruiting questions here. Um, oh, and I, there we go. From Rob Hathaway, he says, Van Dorsler from South Lake Carroll, is he still on the radar at tight end? Um, you know, he is. He's a 2025. Uh, I think that we're going to see uh, what happens in the process here and who the Longhorns truly identify. Uh, Jeff Banks is recruiting national. That's no mistake, right, Blake? Uh, If they can recruit national and get those, where does Van Dorsler sit on their radar as it relates to others? There has not been, other than quarterback with K.J. Lacey and at receiver with Ryan Williams and DeCorian Moore and maybe Kelshawn Johnson out of Hitchcock, there has not been a true definition of who's what on the rankings board, Michael Fasusi, the big offensive lineman out of Dallas, might be in that loop. John Turnstein out of, as a 2026 out of North Crowley. There are very few guys that Texas says are got to have them. They're top of the board no matter what. I don't know that at tight end yet overall, much less Van Dorstler specifically. Hey, Bobby, I'll add something to that. Uh, the the tight end out of Calhoun, Georgia, Emory Winston, he, he will be announcing uh, next week has the top three of Ohio State, Texas, and Central Florida. So I, I believe his is on the 18th. 
yeah. uh, four-star tight end, considered one of the top tight ends in the nation. 2025 kid, though. So, you got to wait before you can get him on the 40 acres. But he will be announcing next week between those three schools. So Hey, I want to say this. I'm getting – so, apparently, this sold out today The, the when we talked about it. Uh, and I'm getting ah. a note from the, the organizer of the event. Added 50 more VIP with unlock code Bobby. So if you want to do this, uh, like I said, there's already over 300 uh, people that have signed up for it. This is These are the people for Texas One that created the Alabama tailgate. So if you get a chance, it was just a tremendous experience. A lot of Longhorn fans in a sea of red. If you want to turn New Orleans burnt orange, the it's going to be – the other thing is it's just awesome – it's going to be at Manning's, which is obviously Archie Manning's place. Uh, it is a it's it's right next to the French Quarter and the Warehouse District. Fifty dollars of every ticket goes directly to the One Fund. It gets you food, admission, non-alcoholic beverages for the 103. The VIP is 207. The VIP is listing is sold out, but they said unlock code Bobby B O B B Y, and you can use that as a uh, additional code uh, for fifty different or uh, fifty additional ones. Uh, look, the, the idea here in, in one of the things I think is cool about this is that second line parade. If you've never been to New Orleans and seen that kind of stuff go on, it, for me, college, and one of the reasons I love college football, it's about the experience. You go, you hang out with people you don't even know, right? But you make friends with them. Um, and it, it's just great. Uh, we'll be there doing some broadcast, et cetera. But, but uh, that second line parade, they literally are going to be playing Texas fight, the eyes, et cetera, from Manning's. And they, the, the second line parade will leave an hour and a half before the game and go directly to the, the Superdome. Uh, and they'll be playing New Orleans classics as well. But hopefully we'll have three, 500, 600 people there um, uh, all with us doing it and uh, going to the game and having a little fun. Uh, it is November 1, 2, and I want to mention this. So all the games, like you're, most people on here are college football fans as well as just Texas fans. All the fans, they have like 100 TVs in that place, apparently. So all the games, game broadcast will be on, et cetera. It should be a great time. They have a balcony. This is the other thing. They have a balcony that overlooks that typical French yep. Quarter, kind of old New Orleans style classic. It should be a lot of fun, guys. I'm going to be there. I know a lot of other people that are going to be there that I've been talking to, and we should have some fun. Hey, Bobby, real quick, what's that website? Uh, Sugar Bowl or Texas Sugar Bowl dot party. Yeah. Texas Sugar Bowl dot party. And I, I would say this use code Bobby if you want the VIP tickets. The uh, $100 tickets are still available uh, right now as well. So please feel free and uh, join us. Uh, and again, $50 of every ticket go to the one fund. They're not trying to make money off of this, guys. They're just trying to get the people there and put the money to, to the food and get everybody involved and then give money to the one fund. So I think it's a great, great uh, opportunity for everybody. Hey, speaking of giving money, Bobby, I got to read this next super chat from Jenny Burton. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, Bobby, you're a gift. I hope everyone appreciates you as much as the kids and I do with a kissing emoji. So 
I'm glad well, I'm not the only one whose family gets on here with the super chats as my son does. So, but yeah. your wife blew my son out of the water. He doesn't realize <laughs> that she just gave Google like twenty dollars of us. But, you know, <laughs> hey, that's okay. Uh, that's my wife. Love her very much. I uh, appreciate you, sweetheart. Yeah. All right, then let's take a few more questions, Bobby, before we get out of here. Um, uh, here we go. Here, the, the yes, the SEC schedule is being released today. I believe is is that at six Eastern, Bobby, or six Central? Do you remember off seven, top of your head? Seven Eastern, so six Central. Um, like you said, we do know some things. Texas is going to Florida, we believe. Georgia's coming to Texas. The the Texas Oklahoma game still going to be around the same time, first or second weekend of October. Um, beyond that, uh, we have some names: Vanderbilt, Kentucky, going to be uh, among the schedule as well as a, a few others. Uh, A&M, A&M is back on the Saturday. Arkansas. Yeah. Oh, and A&M is back the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Uh, we believe that to be the case as well. Uh, hey, here's a good one from Joseph Diaz, uh, speaking of New Orleans as well. But he says, what's more exciting, Kobe Black's commitment or the SEC schedule release? Action-packed afternoon. Yeah, it is a packed afternoon. I'm going with Kobe Black, though. Uh, the schedule can come out today, but it won't matter for nine months. Kobe Black will matter uh, immediately to me. If that makes sense. I, I'm a big recruiting fan and always have been, Blake. I mean, I grew up following recruiting since I was, you know, literally in my, I think I was like 12 or 13 when I started following recruiting. And so um, I, uh, I, I think that I, I talked about Texas being on fire yesterday in recruiting and just mm-hmm. overall, right, with everything that they've done uh, for the last month or two months or really two or three years. And it's a rare time right now. People need to understand that. That's why Alex Okafor, who comes on the show today and is literally smiling and says he and Derek Johnson are jazzed about what's going on at Texas. These are guys that know what winning looks like, right? They know what it takes to win and they're seeing it. And and Alex said that really straightforward. He said, give Sark credit uh, for that. So I, Say, I just think, guys, it's really a unique time on the 40th right now. It really, and, and for Texas fandom as a whole. I mean, you're winning recruiting battles, you're winning on the field, you've got yeah. great quarterbacks on the field, you've got great quarterbacks in the pipeline. You have players like Tavondre Sweat developing and then winning national awards. I mean, what else do you want? I mean, a great time after wandering in the desert <laughs> for, for just, many, many years. I really believe that. Really believe that. Uh, hey, Bobby, here's a here's a question, and it's something I've actually been thinking about for the well since the college football playoff was announced. Travis Acton says, is it better that we have a month to prepare for Washington than, say, Michigan? And my thought process behind this, Bobby, is I feel like Texas matches up better against Michigan. So I would rather have Sark get that full month to prepare for Washington than, you know, play them a week later after beating someone in the semifinals. What do you think about that? Well, so I think it's better to have uh, a month to play, to game plan against Washington from a defensive perspective. Yeah. So PK, um, I think that that is much better. That would matter. Michigan is going to be, you're going to have to prove you you can beat their base defense because they don't, they don't do a lot of gimmicks. And I actually think that Texas matches up better with Michigan than they do Washington because Michigan's going to do what Michigan does. Yeah. And so if you can stop what Michigan does and you can score points, 
you're you have you're going to beat Michigan. It's it's kind of straightforward. Washington, it's not straightforward because they have a strength in their passing game that you don't know if you can mitigate enough. You know when the when all the chips are on the line. So I I I think that it is better that they're playing. They get a month for Washington. I'm not saying they don't need a month or couldn't use a month for Michigan. It's just they match up better. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was you or maybe Rod. I, I can't remember who said it. But the other thing is that Michigan and Alabama game is going to be physical. So if you do get through the semifinals, the team you face the following week, they're going to be feeling it, <laughs> you know, from from their semifinal game as well. And don't, don't think that won't matter. You think Michigan and Alabama are going to both get out of that game unscathed physically? Yeah. Heck no. Well, I mean, I mean we saw how Texas looked the following week after playing Alabama. Well, well, hey, and Michigan just got out of game with Ohio State, by the way, where they lost a guy. Very physical, right? And so um, th- those things are going to matter. But look, I-, I think it's nice to talk about Michigan or Alabama, whoever might be there in the final. But I think Texas fans, the Texas coaches, everybody's focus needs to be on Washington because you beat Washington, then you're playing for all the marbles. Yeah. And that is a rare, rare opportunity. Texas has not had since 2009 and before 2005, they hadn't had it for 20 years or 20 or almost 30 years. So playing for all the marbles, very, very rare, very, very rare opportunity beat Washington. And you're doing exactly that. All the focus needs to be on the Huskies period. Yeah. Both of those games are going to be great games. And Bobby, you know, I put out a tweet yesterday. I did some research about the betting trends right now with Texas and Washington, but one fact I read that kind of caught my attention, this is, the lowest point spread between both teams combined in the history of the college football playoff. Like it, the games are going to be that close. You know, it's never been, I think what Texas is minus four and the Michigan's minus two. It's never been minus six combined, you know, between two teams. It's never even been, I think single digits between two teams. Hey, so interesting. This is going to harken back. We talk about going to the Mannings for that, that sugar bowl or Texas sugar bowl dot party thing that that that, uh, people are putting on for the one fund the thing that that grabs my attention Blake is that uh it's going back to what January 1st used to be if you remember how when you're growing up January 1st you just had bowl games that's all you did all day you you ate went to your grandparents your whatever and and had dinner had lunch and watched bowl games all day and you could flip between ABC and CBS and they all had bowl games well it's going back to that this year. And I think that's also a fun thing. So if you're at Manning's with us, that's what's going to be. I mean, just imagine, you know, 10 different bowl games on throughout throughout the day, having fun, kicking back, getting ready for the Longhorns to be the capper, by the way. Texas will cap, ta- Texas and Washington will uh, be the night cap at 745. Yep, for sure. It's going to be. A, and you, you'll be surrounded by Horns fans everywhere. So no better way to watch games. Hi, right, Bobby. We'll do about two more, and then we better get out of here uh, today. And one one person that we haven't talked about is Dominic McKinley. We have a couple of questions on him. Uh, we'll do with this one from Nig- Nigel Robertson. He says, any word on McKinley? I know the coaches, I believe, are going to visit with him this weekend, correct? Yeah, on Friday. Sark's supposed to be uh, in, uh, in Lafayette to see not only uh, Dominic McKinley, but also, of course, Melvin Hills, a young man that's uh, committed to the University of Texas. Uh, what I'm hearing right now is that McKinley is unexpected to sign in the early signing period. So even though he's committed to AM and remains committed to AM, 
I do not think he's going to sign in the early signing period. So he will be one of the, when I was talking about earlier, but there are going to be a handful of guys we track in the months of later after signing day into January until that February 7th timeframe, Blake. I suspect, as of right now at least, Dominic McKinley will be one of those guys. All right. And then I don't know if you saw this, Bobby, and Christopher put this up in the chat. OU has 12 scholarship offensive linemen now and no starters. They've all, you know, either declared, graduated, or are transferring out. No starters from this year's offensive line will be on next year's team. That's crazy to me. That's just what they want going into the SEC, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, look, Texas, imagine Texas going to the SEC three years ago when Texas had nine. Texas, that spring of Sark's first spring, Texas had nine offensive linemen. They couldn't even play a true spring game because they didn't have two offensive line units. Yeah. Bill Beatonball running people off, Britt Vittables. Same thing. I mean, it happens. Very true. All right. Um, any new reports? on? We talked about the wide receiver portal. We, we talked about that in depth. But what about linebacker coach, Bobby? Um, you know, uh, Eric Nolene of Inside Texas has reported that Colton Swan, the linebackers coach at Utah, might be a possibility. Um, and so that that would be one to watch potentially. Um, however, I don't think anything's going to happen immediately. Like Steve Sarkeesian does not feel the need to fill spots on his staff to fill spots. He is. Ne- I mean, think how long did it take him to get Chris Jackson last year? Right. He didn't. Wow. He, yeah, he didn't rush. He wasn't like, I got to do it right now. Um, he wanted to find the right guy. So while Colton Swan, the linebacker coach at Utah, clearly has street cred and all that stuff, need to talk to him, figure out what's going on. You know, I think that's that's the reality of the situation. Hey, Gage Sheets, I will find out the answer to that for you and have it uh, sometime today or on tomorrow morning show. So, all right, Bobby, we'll do one more question, and then we better get out of here. I know I've said that a couple times, but there's been a lot of good questions. And let's do this one uh, from, oh, man, okay, here we go. Football Texas says, Bobby, I'm hearing that WME Sports is partnering with Texas One Fund. What does that mean for Texas athletics? So I want to say this and be polite about it. Um, WME is a great, great uh, marketing agency, um, but – it's basically going to be the they're going to be able to sell through to the athletes directly and represent the athletes as on, on the totality of it. So they can bring big deals to individuals and then work through that individual's agent or whatever. That's great. It doesn't. I, and I, and I'm, I've talked to multiple people I, and I'm happy for it. I do think it'll be additional. Okay. The problem is it's not a panacea. People think it'll cover everything. Deals like this are nice for press releases. They do not, do not uh, replace the passion of the fans uh, and their participation in NIL. No chance. It'll be, and it'll be one guy that gets a Dr. Pepper deal, right? Or one guy that gets a deal with, I don't know, Tesla. It won't be like this major NIL push that helps the whole team. And football is fundamentally different than basketball. A, a WME partnership at Kentucky, right, where they have, you know, seven basketball players, that could really work. In football, Texas really, 
they have 85 on scholarship. They probably care about 65 of them at least, right? To build the team or maybe all 85, I, you know. My point is, it takes a village. There ain't going to be no one stop. Oh, well, you know, it, it just doesn't work that way. All right, Bobby. Well, what can people expect later today right here on On Texas Football? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, look, I mean, we've got SEC schedule coming out. We've got, uh, as we mentioned, we've got uh, the Kobe Black commitment uh, tomorrow uh, on Coffee and Football. Blake, you set up somebody that I used to watch play volleyball, Haley Ackerman, the Longhorns. Uh, if we didn't mention it already, I don't think we did in this broadcast. Uh, the Longhorns, headed to the final four in volleyball. They start That starts tomorrow night. They play number one, Wisconsin. Uh, Haley, uh, obviously an All-American at Texas, currently the head state at Kent State, a head coach at Kent State. She'll be on with us in the morning. We'll talk more recruiting. Sark's going to be down in Houston today. Uh, then he's over. I can't even remember where he's supposed to be at right now on Thursday, but lots of stuff going on, guys. Lots of stuff. It should be really fun uh, and big weekend. Longhorns start practice on Saturday, and all those recruits will be there. Hopefully, hopefully a portal to portal guy or two are also on hand for those practices. No doubt. All right. Well, uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in. Got to thank Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm, Manscaped, of course, uh, and then the co-op for the 12 days, and Game Time as well. Got to thank Alex Okafor for coming on today. What a great guest. Really enjoyed his insight. And, uh, man, I thought a lot of his comments were, were kind of telling. The Tom Herman Sark deal, I, I really enjoyed that piece right there. So, But, no, thank, thank you all for the super chats as well. Uh, be sure to tune in later today right here on On Texas Football. And for Bobby Burton, I'm Blake. Oh, we got a, a super chat real quick, Bobby. <laughs> UT boy, he says family, hook them. <laughs> so, hey, truly. Boy. Truly. You guys have fun today. Watch for the Kobe Black at 4, 415, 430 today. There you go. All right. So, for Bobby Burton, I'm Blake Monroe. And we'll see you at some point later on today. Hook up. <laughs>